listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. Love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody, to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. With me is Zach Barletta, and we are so glad that you are here as well. Over the next half hour or so, we'll be talking sports from a faith-based point of view. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram is where to find us, where to find out more information about the program. You know, Zach, there are a number of great things about living here in Rochester, New York. I know we always talk about the weather, and yes, the winter winds off Lake Ontario can be brutal at times, and it snows a lot, but not too often is that snow unmanageable. Yeah, I mean, we're not Buffalo, so there's that. <laughs> Overall, the weather is actually pretty good here, and nowhere's near as bad as reputation would leave you to believe. One of the things about living here is how close so many things are. We have plenty to do right here in town, mm -hmm. but the backward government aside, which likes to tax its citizens to death, New York State has a lot of great little towns. Cooperstown is one of those neat little towns, and the fact that it's just a few hours' drive from here where you and I are is really a dream for a baseball fan. I had to work, so I didn't get there for the induction ceremony this year, something I like to do. On one hand, I, I would have loved to have been there when Mariano Rivera got inducted, but on the other hand, man, those crowds had to be insane. I did get there this past weekend for a day trip with my wife and while we had a great time in taking in a ball game, checking out the shops and all the Mariano memorabilia, and of course slipping on over to Oneonta just a short drive away to get dinner at Brooks's Chicken Barbecue. If you've never been, well, it stinks to be you. <laughs> but in talking to a number of local folks, local shopkeepers, they anticipate that next year when Derek Jeter gets inaugurated, the crowds are going to be even bigger. We talked about whether or not Jeter would be a unanimous choice now that Mariano has broken the barrier and paved the way for other unanimous inductees. And I've argued this for years. The fact that someone would not vote for guys like Ken Griffey Jr. or Chipper Jones made no sense to me. Mm -hmm. Hey, Tom Seaver, anyone? Is there anyone who thought that Tom Seaver wasn't a Hall of Famer? Then why wouldn't you vote for him? Uh, to me, a guy is either a Hall of Famer, or he isn't, right? Mm -hmm. And arguments whether or not those guys should be in first ballot or second ballot, that's stupid. Uh, Nolan Ryan was certainly a Hall of Famer. Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, Stan Musial, the list goes on. They should be going in unanimously. And we've talked about it on the show where there are people that will say, well, you know, if Babe Ruth wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer or Mickey Mantle wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer, then then nobody should be. And I think that's a ridiculous argument because, um, well, okay, what you're telling me is voters screwed up back then, so we have to screw up now, Continue which is a the ridiculous trend. argument to make. just seems to me not voting for a guy who's an obvious Hall of Famer because he wasn't a great interview or not voting for him because he wasn't friendly to the, to the media, it, it just seems petty. Now, when it comes to Jeter, he doesn't have the extraordinary accomplishments relative to a shortstop that Rivera had relative to a relief pitcher. Mm -hmm. Sure, he was captain of the Yankees. He was the face of the franchise for really an entire generation of baseball fans. He has five World Series championships, 14 all-star selections. 
He's what he played 20 seasons in the major leagues. He's a World Series MVP. He finished with a career average of 310. Uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, Jeter should be the second unanimous baseball Hall of Fame yeah. selection. There should be many more after him. Whether or not they liked him doesn't matter. Whether or not they signed a card for the reporter's kid doesn't matter. Do they have the numbers? Did they have the career or not? Now, I know, look, some players, they not, might not be so cut and dry. They might take some debate about their career numbers. And are those numbers truly Hall of Fame worthy? But Derek Jeter is not one of those guys. I get that Jeter isn't considered the greatest at his position. I understand that he may have, uh, may not have had those incredible numbers like Mo did. But even so, the guy is a Hall of Famer. The debate shouldn't be that, well, since Griffey wasn't unanimous, Jeter shouldn't be. Now that there has been a unanimous choice, from now on, it should only be this guy is a Hall of Famer or this guy is not a Hall of Famer. And yes, Jeter is. He should appear on every ballot. So should have had Seaver, Bench, Griffey, Chipper Jones, and so many others. While Jeter seems like an obvious Hall of Famer, not everybody is. Hey, think about the most recent hot debate, Harold Baines. Baines had uh, what 2,866 hits. But apart from the hit total, there's really nothing else to suggest that Baines is a Hall of Famer. Yes, if you want, put him in the really good player hall. Hall of really good players, if there was such a thing. But he's not a Hall of Famer. I wonder about this. Have you ever asked yourself how people see your Christianity? Are you a clear an obvious believer, or are you more like Harold Baines? At times you seem like one, but nobody really seems to know for sure if you are. The evidence of a true Christian is displayed in both faith and in action. James says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, I will show you my faith by my works. When one becomes a believer in Christ, there should be evidence of a new life changed, of a life that's different than it was before. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's not to say a Christian never messes up. That's, that's unrealistic. Even the best Christian is only human. But when they mess up, there's a conviction. There's a guilt which brings about repentance. Sinful habits are no longer a lifestyle. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Just like a Hall of Famer is known by how he played, the true Christian will show his faith by how he or she lives. That's because a true Christian has God's Holy Spirit living within them. Paul writes a fairly humbling passage in Romans chapter 8. He writes something which really ought to cause all of us to take an inventory of, of our lives. Starting in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Verse 7 says, Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Where is your mindset? Are you focused on the things of God or on the things of this world? Do you want to please God or does that not even come into consideration as you only live to please yourself? 
Now, Paul has more to say here in, in this chapter of Romans, chapter 8. He gives the other side as compared to what we just read about those with minds which are set on the flesh. Starting in verse 9, he says, However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14 of chapter 8 of Romans, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. A true believer's life is changed because of a heart which loves Christ. Hypocrites are able to clean themselves up, clean up their outward behavior from time to time, make a good impression on others. But true believers love Christ, and they strive to keep his commandments, to serve him, to know him more deeply all the time, and to bring glory and honor to his name. The true believer depends on the righteousness of God, abandoning all hope in himself and trusting Christ's righteousness for his acceptance before God. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Just as a Hall of Famer is known by their numbers, their labors on the field, Jesus said you will know Christians by their fruit in Matthew seven sixteen, Their lives are changed as they give their hearts to Christ as they trust him for forgiveness and sins. What does your life say about you? What fruit is there as evidence of your faith, as evidence of a life that has, that has been changed? If you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and asked God to forgive you, he calls to you. It's not a coincidence that you're listening to this radio station, to this radio program right now. Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross, laid down his life to pay the penalty of your sins and mine. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. His death as well as his resurrection makes it possible for us to be forgiven of sins, to go to heaven if, if, if we accept the free gift which he offers. The free gift of eternal life in heaven is yours to accept or, or it's yours to turn down. If you want to be forgiven of your sins, if you want to spend eternity in heaven, then you need to admit your sin to God and ask him to forgive you. The Bible promises that God will forgive us if we confess our sins. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Pray to God. Admit your sin and your guilt. Tell him that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, that he was buried and that he rose again, and ask God to forgive you, and ask him to help you to repent from sin. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The choice is yours, and my simple challenge is to ask yourself if you live in such a way 
that it's easy to see that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. There's no question about it. You belong in the hall. If that's not you, well, then talk to God. And if we can help, reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. So here I am. Use me, Lord. Give me words to sing and say. Let me love. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. The Power Up Sports Ministry Conference is October 8th in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the offices of Our Daily Bread Ministries. You'll hear from Clark Kellogg of CBS Sports, Carolina Hurricanes Chaplain Sid Graham and his wife Kristen, and from Mike Bohr, Chaplain with the Houston Dynamo. It's the Power Up Sports Ministry Conference October 8th. Register at powerupsportsministry2019.eventbrite.com. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta coming to you from the BTG studio in Rochester, New York. But you can get the show wherever it is that you are. This week, we say hello and thank you to Hannah, South Carolina, one of the many places to download last week's program. I wasn't very familiar with Hannah, so I looked it up. Finding out that Born There was none other than Josh Turner, who's one of my favorite country music artists. He has a number of hit records, including Long Black Train, and the story goes that during his debut on the Grand Ole Opry, he played the song and received a standing ovation in the middle of the song. He then sang it a second time for an encore. To those of you in Hannah, South Carolina, and wherever it is that you're listening from, whether it be on the radio or through our podcast, we thank you for being with us as well. Here is my friend Zach Barletta with this week's Shenanigans Statements. All right, number one, the New York Yankees' failure to add a starting pitcher at the trade deadline will be their downfall in October. No shenanigans. I, I, I don't think so. I'm not as down on the Yankees for not having made a move as everybody in the press seems to be. Their downfall, if there's a downfall in October, it'll be the guys on the roster's fault, not the guys who aren't on a roster fault. Maybe you can go back to not signing Patrick Corbin. Mm-hmm. But look, you got James Paxton. You got Jay Happ. You've got Masahiro Tanaka. If you get back Luis Severino, that's the same thing as going out and getting one of these. I don't understand why everybody was so excited over Marcus Stroman or Robbie Ray or even Trevor Bauer, who's a mental case. (laughs) The only one that I think maybe would have been Madison Baumgartner because on the big stage, that guy's going to come through. 
some of the other guys that were, were available, they just weren't top-end guys, in my opinion, even Strowman, that I'm not going to give up a lot for him. Maybe you give up uh, a Clint Garcia, or Clint Garcia. What I'm trying to say is you give up a Clint Fraser, but not Davey Garcia. Mm-hmm. I would not have given up Garcia, but if the asking price was astronomical, and it always seems to be when they ask of the Yankees, they ask of more than they do every other team. So yep. you know, I say shenanigans. I say shenanigans as well. Uh, and look, I've been beating the drum constantly for them to add more pitchers. I thought they needed to add two starting pitchers. But at the same time, the prices were, I mean, as far as we can tell, just outrageous. Except for Stroman. Stroman weirdly went for less than I thought he would get. But um, I don't blame Cashman for not wanting to trade. Because look, he was going to start with Frazier and Garcia and go from there. And the Yankees just don't have a lot of depth in the minor leagues that's close to major league ready so if there's a hitter that gets injured if there's a pitcher that gets injured and you've traded those guys there's not much left that really inspires a lot of confidence where the yankees have a lot of talent is in the lower levels double a single a rookie ball things like that so while i'm very disappointed they didn't get a pitcher i am happy that at least they didn't overpay for somebody if it would have been clint frazier for madison Baumgartner, straight up yeah. Fine, because Baumgartner is a rental. You're giving away a talented outfielder for a rental, but beyond that, absolutely not. I'm gonna, I'm not giving up more than that, and I don't blame Cashman one bit. Number two, the Dallas Cowboys and running back Ezekiel Elliott are in a stare down over a new contract with Elliott skipping training camp. Truth or shenanigans? Zeke will be on the field for the Cowboys in Week One. Yes. Is there more to say? Yeah, of course he will. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys that thinks you need to pay at running back. It's not a running back league anymore. I know he's terrific. Mm-hmm. He's got his issues, but the Cowboys are going to pay because the Cowboys always eventually do. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those situations where he's the best player on their team. They need him. He doesn't need training camp. He doesn't need four weeks of training camp. Yes, he'll be there. I think he will also, but I do think it's going to be really interesting to watch because They're going to give Amari Cooper a lot of money. They've got to pay Dak Prescott soon. Look, like you said, they need Ezekiel Elliott. The Chargers with the Melvin Gordon holdout, they can get by without him. They're a passing team. The Cowboys' entire offense is built around Ezekiel Elliott. If he's not there, no matter what they say, they're not the same team with Alfred Morris. Okay, so I do think he eventually gets paid, and I think that he plays, but I think it's going to go down to the wire, and I think it's going to be very entertaining. Yeah, well, I think that the Cowboys have to pay. That's why I'm not really into paying running backs. Mm-hmm. You got other positions where you need to pay. You have to pay a quarterback. And I'm not a Dak Prescott fan. I don't. I, he's an okay quarterback. Agreed. But the Cowboys are in a spot that he's their okay quarterback, and they're going to need mm-hmm. to pay him, as you say, and they're going to need to pay Cooper. Uh, you can't pay everybody. So sure. I do. I think Zeke gets paid, but I don't. I, I got to think he's probably not going to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. But I do think they'll agree. They need each other, I guess. Number three. Speaking of running backs getting what they deserve, Jets running back Le'Veon Bell apologized this week to all the fantasy football owners who drafted him last year and promised that this year he'll help them bring home a trophy. Truth or shenanigans? Lev Bell will be a top ten running back in football this year. To all the professional athletes listening to this high-end faith-based sports radio (laughs) program, you don't need to apologize to fantasy sports players. You just don't. But, Zach, let's hear what you have to say about this. 
I don't think so. I just, I don't see it. I know that traditionally history says Le'Veon Bell is an elite running back and he is an elite talent, no question. He's in great shape. He's fresh off a year of not playing. So theoretically, he should be well rested. The Jets offensive line is not great. They just pulled Matt Khalil out of retirement to play center because they didn't have anybody else. Um, He is not going to have a great offensive line in front of him like he did in Pittsburgh. He doesn't have a great quarterback and great wide receivers on the team to take attention away from him like he did in Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be, look, he'll be good, but is he going to be one of the top running backs in football? I really don't see it. I think he'll be a little better than pedestrian. Yeah, if you had said top five, I I would go absolutely not. But because you said top 10, I'm going to actually agree that, yeah, I think he will be top 10. Can you rattle off nine running backs in in front of him? I think the key would be if Zeke and Melvin Gordon don't play. Because those are two unquestioned running backs that I think would be ahead of him. And I think if those two guys miss some games, then probably Le'Veon Bell's a top 10 running back. I think Bell will have a nice season. I think he'll be motivated. I think he will be in the top 10. When we come back, you like that. Stick with us along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu encouragement training resources and great fellowship it's all part of the power up sports ministry conference october 8th join us at our daily bread ministries in grand rapids michigan speakers include the chaplains of the carolina hurricanes and the houston dynamo keynote speaker is clark kellogg of cbs sports if you're involved in sports ministry this day's for you register at power up sports ministry 2019.eventbrite.com Welcome back into the program. So glad you have chosen to spend part of this day with us. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. We always like to close out our show each week with something encouraging from the world of sports. We call it our You Like That segment. Psalm chapter 72, verse 4 says, May he vindicate the afflicted of the people, save the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. It is comforting to know that God cares for all people, even those who get overlooked sometimes and who might be considered the most vulnerable among us. What I like this week is a Los Angeles police officer who committed to help a local Pop Warner football program in a community full of underprivileged children. Watts is an area of South Central L.A. that is among the most dangerous, gang-ridden areas in the country. Officer James Holloman and some of his fellow officers are, are more than coaches. They are, they've become family to many of these young kids. The officers are their emergency contacts, the the one who provides guidance, the one who provides structure, and the one who picks them up late at night if they're in trouble. Well, now the L.A. Rams have stepped in to adopt the Watts Bears football program, renaming it the Watts Rams. This past week, the Rams hosted the children, their parents, and coaches to a picnic at the beach and a visit to Rams training camp. In addition, the team announced that they will fund in entirety the Watts football program, including uniforms and equipment. 
The involvement and dedication of LAPD officer James Holloman, several others of his fellow officers, and the LA Rams to a community of underprivileged and at-risk kids is what I like you this like week. That? You like that? What I liked this week was the viral video of Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz meeting his biggest fan, 11-year-old Giovanni Hamilton. Giovanni is wheelchair-bound as a result of having an extremely rare genetic disorder called Schwartz-Jampel syndrome. In the video, Giovanni is overcome with emotion and tells Wentz, you're my hero. Wentz would go on to say that seeing all the things that Giovanni has overcome actually inspires him, and that's what you I like liked that. this week. You like that. Before we let you go, here's just one more thing. NBA free agent point guard Jeremy Lin appeared on a Taiwanese Christian television station, was very candid in discussing how it gets more and more difficult each season for him to catch on with a team. Yes, he was part of the NBA championship-winning Toronto Raptors after a mid-season trade, but he only made eight postseason appearances, averaging just 3.4 minutes per game. Every year it gets harder, Lynn says. He added that once you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. But rock bottom just seems to keep getting more and more rock bottom for me. So, free agency has been tough, because I feel in some ways the NBA's kind of given up on me. Lynn talks about having to put a smile on, and talking about a championship that he doesn't feel he had a real part in earning. But Jeremy Lin is outspoken about his faith in Jesus Christ. Though he's gone through difficult times, he wasn't being transparent as a means to complain or to get people to feel sorry for him. Instead, he was using it as motivation to offer hope for those who can relate to his trials. Quote, I'm here to just tell you, don't give up, Lin said. For those of you who are working hard, but you don't see the results, don't give up. Regardless of whether his next team is in the NBA or perhaps overseas playing abroad, Jeremy Lin remains faithful in his trust in God. Many times our experiences in ministry or in the Christian lifestyle can be wearying. I was just mentioning to my wife the other day how we know so many people who have walked away from the faith completely or who no longer really have that passion for the things of Christ, as if it were just a phase in their lives. I want to encourage you to keep strong in the faith. There are times you may question the results or wonder if it's even worth the time and energy, but the things of God are so important. What is the value of just one life that's impacted and whose eternal destination is changed from darkness into light? Galatians chapter 6, verses 8-10 through 10 say, For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Remember how Paul encouraged Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, he said, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Repeating the words of Jeremy Lin, I'm here to just tell you, don't give up. For those of you who are working hard but don't see the results, don't give up. That's it for us this week. Remember that this radio program is only on the air thanks to the generous support of our listeners. It is because of your prayers and your financial gifts which make the Beyond the Game program possible. Please pray about becoming a supporter of this radio ministry, and if you feel led to give a financial gift of any amount, please visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 